Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Playing With Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fancast. I am joined today by my friend Fatima, who I met on the Reddit page for Boy Meets World. She is a huge Boy Meets World fan and she is, I think, the only person in all of season one who has an episode that they were passionate about to say, I really want to talk about this particular episode. And uh, I can't blame you. This is a really good episode. I forgot about this episode, actually. Uh, what what was it about this episode that kind of spoke to you and made you call this one out specifically? Well, this episode is one of the reasons why I fell in love with Boy Meets World. Um, the model that they continue to do throughout the series, really, um, has a perfect mixture of comedy and then a serious tone mixed with life lessons, which is really what the series is all about. Um, you have uh, Alan and Amy finding out about, well, we'll get to that, but, you know, um, life lessons are learned throughout, and uh, it's taught by Amy and Alan, and then it's taught by Mr. Feeney, so really, uh, the story is what got me into this episode the most. Yeah, this is one of the rare ones where usually um, it's really easy for me to decide what speech to wrap the episode up on. But there's actually three really good speeches back to back to back in this episode. Uh, so let's let's start with the beginning because there really there's no B story to this episode. This is 110 percent just the A story of Sean has a cherry bomb and he puts it in a mailbox and in doing so he blows up a mailbox and then goes on the run uh we didn't even say what episode we're talking about sorry we're talking about the fugitive which was released on february 25th 1994 uh because sean is the titular fugitive in this particular episode uh and there's a there's a line early on where sean's telling the story of of what drove him to blow up the mailbox and he he says uh I was looking at it and it just started screaming at me, light me, light me, Sean, blow me up, <laughs> which uh, I love. I love Sean's like fantastical versions of his stories sometimes. But Corey goes along with it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Corey goes along with it and Corey agrees to let Sean stay at his house because he's he's running away from home. He's afraid of what his dad's going to do. And uh, this cuts to the first really like loud belly laugh that came out of me, which was uh, Sean sends Corey downstairs and says, look, I know you're not good at, at lying to your parents. Just try not to act too weird. And then it just cuts to Corey with this terrifying grin on his grin on his face as he's just throwing food onto a plane. <laughs> and it got such a genuine laugh out of me still all these years later. Yeah, yeah, same here. I actually rewatched the episode yesterday um, just to see if there's anything I missed. I've watched that episode so many times, but you're right. That's the first moment I just started cracking up because Corey is just notoriously so bad at lying, even throughout the whole series. He's That's not in his nature. So him just stuffing food onto the plate and then uh, what I think Eric thought it was a puppy eventually, but yeah. <laughs> that never that never got done. Yeah. That's one of the lines I wrote down was, ooh, it's a big puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because down the line, Eric says he doesn't like pets. So I guess early season Eric likes pets. I don't know. Well, I like that they call back the puppy joke. So so they call back the puppy line towards the end of the episode where 
they're telling Corey that they knew that Sean was hiding up the room, up in the room from the second that he started putting food on the plate. And yeah. he goes, well, it could have been a puppy. <laughs> and, and Morgan yeah. goes, how naive do you think we are? And then <laughs> Eric looking almost embarrassed goes, I like the puppy theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, was have, a great line from Eric. <laughs> they have uh, a bunch of jokes in which Sean is, has doesn't have any clothes to wear, so he's wearing Corey's clothes, and he just looks like a white Steve Urkel with the way that the pants are hiked up, and it's it's very funny. Uh, I think he tells Corey he has the body of a chimpanzee. Yeah, um. <laughs> that's funny too because after season one, I think is when Sean they basically become eye level. Um, Corey catches up kind of height wise, so. Yeah, no. That was funny to see cool. that last moment where there's like this height difference uh, kind of <laughs> highlighted. Yeah, because they they really do by like season two, season three. They are they are uh, Corey gets his growth spurt per se. Uh, yeah. Feeny meanwhile decides to teach the class the telltale heart, which leads to you reference the parody element of this episode, and that is absolutely the parody element of this episode is the constant references to the heartbeat. Every time someone accuses Corey of knowing information, uh, which was also pretty. This episode's pretty fun. You're right. This episode juggles the comedy and the drama very well, actually. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, there are so like I have other favorite shows, but the reason why Boy Meets World is my favorite is it's really one of a few shows I can watch season one and have no problems with. Um, they develop so quickly the characters and the storylines. And this is a great episode that really emphasizes that they juggled everything so well. And it was uh, great storytelling t- throughout the episode. Yeah, it, it really is. There's there's a decent chunk of funny bits. Uh, I, I laughed at there's a scene where Amy is vacuuming and she keeps hitting underneath the bed on purpose. And you just hear ever so faintly over the vacuum and her singing, uh, ow, every single time that it happens. (laughs) There's a similar thing with Corey's dad jumping on the, uh, on the bed over and over again and hearing Sean underneath it. Um, I left at, there's a line that Corey yells when his dad comes into his room and he just yells, quit pumping me. I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> another nervous breakdown by Corey. <laughs> what else can we expect but it all leads to a really a really good speech that i'm probably going to pop right here in the middle of the episode i think he has rough edges i think he's at a point in his life where he can go one of two ways back on my side of the line or gone forever into cherry bomb land <laughs> Corey, sean has always reminded your dad of someone he knew when he was a kid you had a best friend like sean mm I was like Sean. I had a best friend like you. You did? Mm-hmm. And when I was about 12 years old, I got into trouble once, and I considered my options. I could hop a train to California. I could start my life at 13, get a job at 14, be married at 15, have kids at 16. I thought it was a great idea. Sounds like a dumb idea to me. Oh, you think so, huh? Yeah. Just because you make one little mistake, you don't want to throw your whole life away. You see, guys like you and my best friend, Richie... That's the way you think. Guys like me and Sean, we don't think like that. Did you ever go to California? No. Well, what happened? I don't know. Somehow I ended up here, in a room, with you. (laughs) Listen, Sean's going to get in touch with you. What should I do when he does? Kid like you, you'll know. Uh, In which Corey's dad explains to him that he was the Sean in his life. 
and that he had a best friend, Ralphie, who was his Corey. And it, it has this, it's just a very touching moment. And it's a moment that I know I, I ironically, I could relate to really well. And it hit me harder tonight than, than I think it normally would because uh, I, I actually just left a, uh, I, I see a therapist once a month and I literally had my therapy session tonight that we're recording. And we had that whole conversation about how he basically was like, you struggle because you're the good kid who knows the right thing to do in a bad situation. So like kind of seeing uh, uh, Corey's dad give Corey that same speech really was uh, was touching to, to realize, huh, yeah, I guess ever since a kid, I was I was the person who hung out with the kids who kind of got in trouble and tried to keep them on track the best I could. Uh, so it's a related, this show's so relatable. <laughs> that's so true. And I think that's one of the reasons why everyone calls their, them the best bromance because they balance each other so well. Uh, they're so opposite, but they get along so well and they always have each other's back, which is shown throughout this episode, especially at the end. Yeah, it's it's definitely well, I want to get to that in a second. Uh, there's one more moment before we get there. But uh, we cut to the classroom and Feeney pops in the classroom and it's very clear that Sean is sleeping in the classroom. Uh, and that's when we have a great Feeney line. He goes, well, I guess the room is empty. What a perfect time to burn my desk or set fire to my <laughs> desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that one. Uh, but he gives and this is what I'm going to end the episode with. I decided is he gives a very quick speech about the importance of friendship. But he uses a canvas as an analogy that. No matter how strong a friendship is, when you start to to put a tear in it, it can it can fall apart very easily. And that's really one of the things that that Boy Meets World has always done really well is it is a very good show about friendship and and the importance of being loyal to your friend. Yeah, and you know it's not friendship is a huge part of the series, and we see it throughout. Um, it's exemplified greatly in this episode as well. But no matter what lesson they're focused on, I feel like every episode has some kind of lesson. Yes, the series is hilarious, and they have comedy throughout. But like like we said earlier, they balance it so so well. Um, and I think that's what makes it so relatable to everyone because life's not always too too serious. It's not always like. Uh, leave it to beaver you know so i i think they do a great job of balancing it really and it's funny that you even make that reference because i think last the last episode we did starts off with an episode of leave it to beaver um with Corey uh <laughs> trying to prove that you can't live a leave it to beaver lifestyle uh so that's so that leads to mr feeney leaves just as Corey enters the room and he's coming in there to give Sean a bag of his things so that Sean can run away. Uh, but the bag's empty. And I genuinely think the performance between Sean and Corey in this final scene is mm -hmm. really good, touching and very real feeling scene. I'm glad you, you mentioned that actually, because when I was rewatching that yesterday, I, I actually observed that as well for being so young at that age. They, the two actors knocked it out of the park. Um, they To be given a, such a serious uh, scene in, in a very early season, you know, still working out through chemistry with each other. Um, there are rumors that um, Ryder and, and Ben never, like, they didn't get it along too well in the first season. I don't know if that's true. But to be able to get that kind of scene um, 
and do it so so well it was perfectly written perfectly acted out i totally agree with you and it makes it feel so real and that's i that's kind of why we buy into the friendship so so early because they knock out scenes like that first season yeah it's i mean there's that moment where Corey literally grabs sean by the jacket and pushes him back and it's it's the mm-hmm. most aggression you've ever seen out of Corey up until that moment. And it's a statement of how important that friendship is because Corey, who's a very nonviolent person, is going is willingly getting violent towards his best friend to keep his friend from making a big mistake. Yeah, and it's a great example of the Corey will come to see um, that in that moment he he set his foot down, he knew what was the right thing to do and he wouldn't let his friend um, stay there. He knew he had to go home and um, he was willing to do whatever to get him home. Yeah, it's it's definitely a uh, it's a great moment. And then we get the, the closing credit scene. The, my only issue with it is that the issue is resolved pretty quickly after Corey grabs Sean. Sean just kind of gives in at that point. That is true. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So we, we get to the, the closing credits uh, bit where everybody's working on different things. Uh, Eric's on a phone trying to get a girl's number uh, or uh, get a girl to meet him somewhere for a date. Uh, Corey and his dad are watching a big basketball game and his mom is doing a bunch of paperwork. And then just at the zero hour, the power cuts out and they realize that their electric bill didn't get paid because of Sean blowing up the mailbox and Sean slides out of the, uh, out the door. But, we get to see the the first season Corey Sean best friend handshake pop up once again in this in this scene, uh, and I just always like to call it out because it is a it is an adorable iconic yeah it's an iconically yeah. adorable handshake <laughs> for sure, and they carry it through through the series too. And uh, I love when Boy Meets World, by the way, does that kind of thing where the cir- the story kind of goes full circle. Of how he put the cherry bomb in the mailbox in the beginning and in the end, it ends up costing him the electricity. And that it was just, I, I love when they do that. Yeah, it's definitely, it's just, a, it's a very well written show, even in its early season when it shouldn't be as well written. Like you'd feel like you look at what was on TGIF at this time and it it's not, none of the shows hold up the way that Boy Meets World holds up. Yeah, I mean, if Full House is on Nick at Night or something like that, I'll, I'll watch it uh, if nothing else is on or if I don't feel like watching Boy Meets World. <laughs> but uh, there's not a lot of shows like Family Matters. It, th- these are the type of shows I'll watch every now and then. Boy Meets World, for me personally, is a show I can watch every single day. And I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> um it's just something I grew up with, and it's it's those kind of it's the kind of show that when I watch, it's to unwind from my day and to relax and to get some good laughs and have a feel good lesson at the end of the day. So so let's get to the second half of this show, which is a little bit more introspective. What is your history with Boy Meets World? Are you someone like me who grew up with it as it was on? Did you discover it later on in in its run, or or you know were you a TGIF okay. kid? What what exactly was your backstory with boy meets world so i was born in 91 okay so tgif i don't correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if it was coming to an end or if that was in its heyday to be honest i grew up with it on disney okay um yeah so that's how i grew up with it it was always on um and then i i I don't know i remember watching it 
as a child and it was always around when I was around my cousin's house so I just started watching it and as I grew I just became a part of the routine and really it's the one show that I connect to even today and it's gonna be the show that I make my kids watch <laughs> so I don't know it just has deep meaning but I think me. that that's really interesting because you know there's there's about a, a six six seven year age gap here and I was watching the show as it was airing and relating to it and then when it kind of had its like I rediscovered the show when it was on Disney Channel. So as as one person is yeah. rediscovering it and saying, hey, this still holds up. You're watching a show that's a couple years older, older and still connecting with it. And I think that that really says all you need to say about how powerful this show is. Exactly. And that's why 20, 25 years uh, even after it was syndicated for a long, long time. And I really hope they get it back on cable because there's a lot of people that uh, all they watch is cable and they need to grow up on it as well. Um, I feel like kids nowadays need a show like that. Um, we get inundated with a lot of things on TV and to have something positive like Boy Meets World on, I think that would uh, be helpful for the kids in the future. <laughs> I don't disagree. Uh, do you have an all-time favorite yeah. Boy Meets World episode or moment? Okay, uh, this is going to be cliche, but uh, there and then there was Sean. I, I think you can't uh, go a second in that episode without laughing and for those who don't know that's the episode the halloween yeah, episode. The scream episode they had a couple I, it's, I, yeah they had a couple yeah. of them but i so that episode is probably the most requested episode for people to be a guest on and i, I guess i'll i'll acknowledge it right here and now um no one is going to be on a, on that episode except <laughs> for my brother and my sister for the amount of times that the three of us watched that episode together yeah, and laughed yeah. like <laughs> If there was ever an episode that was guaranteed those were going to be the guests, it's that one. So you can stop asking to be on the And Then There Was Sean episode. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah, um, I don't blame you. I don't blame you because my brothers, that's all we watch. Every Halloween, it's routine. <laughs> um, so I, it's, it's nice to know other people out there, yeah. It's funny because it's not even technically a Halloween episode. That's my favorite part about it. It aired in, like, May. Hey, they can get away with it, though. It worked. <laughs> Mr. Feeney. Well, that's the only thing I'm not worried about in my life right now is Corey and mine friendship. Oh, here we go. I know it was here somewhere. In my eagerness to depart for the weekend, I forgot to take it home. <laughs> what is it? Canvas. I often paint on the weekends. Very strong material. Difficult to rip. Give it a try. Go on. <laughs> of course, rugged as it is, even the smallest snip... And you see, Mr. Hunter, once the integrity has been breached, even the strongest fabric can unravel. Even the strongest friendship. We'll be back after a brief break. Uh, the next episode of Boy Meets World doesn't air until March 11th. So we'll be back on March 11th with that episode. Uh, and I'll actually be joined by, I can announce this much, I'll be joined by my co-host from the Horror Movie Night podcast, Scott. Uh, who's never watched Boy Meets World in his life. But the episode involves Corey and Sean trying to watch a horror movie behind their parents' back, and I couldn't think of a better guest than my, my horror compatriot. So tune in in a few weeks and check out how Scott feels about season one of Boy Meets World as he watches it for the first time. <laughs> 